Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God. Amen. It's always an honor and a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. I'm glad you're listening in. Praise God. Of course, this being a midweek service, we're going to kind of dive into uh, kind of like we've been doing, talking about some of our patriarchs of faith. Plus, today I've got a, a special thing I'd like to do uh, to finish out the service. So today, once again, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 11 again says, Now all these things happened to them as example. Now, of course, all these things, none of them in context was any good. And to the, to the them in, in context, it's the children of Israel. And, of course, a few year, weeks back here, we talked about our, these children of Israel and the kind of the ups and downs they had when they were uh, roaming around in the wilderness, okay? And most everything that, that uh, it talks about here wasn't good examples. But what we've been doing every week is kind of talking about different individuals and talking about uh, the pluses, the minus, the goods, the bad. Come on now. Talking about, uh, you know, the, uh, the highs, the lows, ins and outs and all that kind of stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Praise God. In the last couple weeks, we've been talking about a people within a people. Praise God. Talking about the remnant. Amen. Now, let's finish this verse. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. Praise God. And they were written for our admonition, our instruction, or our teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, these are things that you can, you can glean from and learn from uh, for all eternity, praise God. Amen. That's the cool thing about the Word of God. Amen. Now, what we're going to do first, we're going to go into the book of Judges, chapter 4, please. Judges, chapter 4. All right, praise God. Judges, chapter 4, and... I'm going to talk briefly uh, about, uh, about one of the judges uh, of Israel. And at this time, it's Deborah, who's the uh, uh, judge of Israel. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's just dive into this. Um, in chapter 4, I'm going to go to verse 1, please. Now, when uh, Uad was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Seemed like you never keep these guys doing right, you know. <laughs> anyway, so the Lord sold them into the hand of, of Jebin, uh, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar, uh, the commander of his army was Sisera, okay, who dwelt in uh, Harasheth Hagayim. Now, I should have skipped this verse, but anyway. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, uh, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years, I get this, he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now, you'd think uh, they would have cried out uh, before 20 years were up, but anyway... Anyway, it's a whole nother thing. But anyway, it says, Now Deborah, the prophetess, okay, the wife of Lapidoth, okay, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm uh, tree uh, of Deborah between uh, Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. In other words, they'd come and she'd give the judgment call, yay, nay, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinom, uh, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops uh, at Mount uh, Tobar? Okay, take with you 10,000 men and the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun, and against you I will deploy Sisera, okay, the commander of Jabin's army and his chariots and his uh, multitude at the river uh, uh, Kishon, Kishon, I think is what it's pronounced. And I will deliver you into 
into your hand. I would deliver him, pardon me, into your hand. Now, the, what she's doing here is basically taking care of business, okay? And uh, really what she's done is she's basically calling uh, Barak to war. In other words, let's get this done. Let's get this thing turned around. It's time to deal with this. We have put up with this for far too long. It's time to get past this mess, amen, and take care of business, amen. And so she's really uh, prodding uh, Barak to get, get on it, all right? And Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. Uh, but if you will not go with me, I will not go. And that's kind of, you know, whatever. The, the point is, I mean, you might think as a guy, it looks kind of lame. But at the same time, what it is, is, man, the anointing's on her. She's the prophetess. She's the judge, uh, one of the judges over Israel right now, or actually the judge over Israel at that time. Okay, so obviously the anointing's on her. So he's probably thinking, you know, it's better if I got the anointed one leading the way here, which that makes some sense, all right? But it's her that's, that's really prodding this thing, that's trying to move things along, trying to get this thing turned around. And the idea is she's, it's, a, it's a call to arms, so to speak. It's a call, uh, you know, to rise up. It's a call to take care of business. It's a call to, to not lay down anymore, but to rise up and get the job done. Let's get this thing turned around, amen? So she's really gutsy gal, amen, and that's what's kind of cool about her. And so she said, verse 9, I will surely go with, with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey uh, you, are, um, you are taking, for the Lord will sell Caesarea into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh, okay? And so basically he said, listen, it's gonna, the glory is going to end up being for me and not for you, you know, but he didn't seem to mind. Okay, let's just skip down here. Verse 13, so Caesarea uh, gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, all the people uh, who were with him from uh, Harasheth, uh, Hagim, and to the river uh, Kishon. Uh, then Deborah said to Barak, okay, up, for this is the day. And that word up actually means arise. In other words, it's time now. Uh, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Caesarea into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down. From, the Mount, uh, from Mount Tobar uh, with 10,000 men following him. And, of course, then it said he routed him out. In other words, he basically they got a victory, okay? Now, the point I'm trying to make here really today, that uh, Deborah she basically rose up and, and really just became a leader, okay? A leader of leaders, really. And uh, actually, if you kind of skip on down here, let's go to maybe like... Uh, Let's just go to chapter 5. Okay, a lot of stuff happened just right after, right after that situation there. But verse 5, or pardon me, verse 1 of chapter 5 says, Then Deborah and Barak, the son of uh, Abinom, sang on the day, saying, When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. And of course, hear, O king, give uh, ear, O princes. And it just kind of goes on giving God uh, uh, praise for what he's done. All right? Um, but uh, the point I'm trying to make is this, is verse 2 says, when leaders lead in Israel. And it literally just says, when leaders lead like leaders should lead. That's really what it's about. When leaders lead like leaders should lead, all right, then the people follow willingly. And that's really what, what the song is about. And really it's what happened, what you saw in Deborah. Deborah rose up as a true leader, okay, as a providence and, and, and judge of Israel, 
Amen, prodded, amen, uh, the commander of the army to do his job, to do what he's called to do. Get the men behind you. Rally these guys. Let's get this job done. Let's take out uh, our enemy here. Let's, let's rout out those that have oppressed us for 20 years. Enough is enough. All right. And that's exactly what she did. And of course, it did uh, get Barak to, to rise up and got his men to rise up, and of course, they, they had a great victory, all right, and routed out the enemy, praise God. Now, the point I'm just trying to make with this today is that we're called to be a people uh, with, uh, you know, a call to action. Uh, you know, to me, um, I'm going to um, uh, uh, do some things here in a little bit here, but the bottom line is this. It's a call to be who we're called to be as children of God. And... Um, about a few weeks back here, uh, my wife had a word of the Lord. Um, she rose up uh, in the morning and she had this word of the Lord. And uh, it was a call to prayer. And he had a whole uh, thing that he said to her. And uh, actually, I'm going to have uh, put her clip uh, here because she actually shared that uh, in front of our congregation uh, on the live service a few weeks back. And uh, so I'll let her kind of define that, what it was. Um, but um, when she told me uh, what she felt in her heart that God was telling her, and, and you know, we just kind of felt like it's right. You know, we need to do this. We need to step up and do our part. And it was a call to prayer. It was a call for this for this uh, congregation uh, to rise up and pray. Uh, and and primarily, it was about praying for this state and praying for our nation, praying for our president, and uh, a call to uh, you know see things. Turn around for the good, amen, because there's a lot of junk going on, a lot of things happening. Um, you know, this day and hour just seems like it's, uh, you know, really it's, a, it's a, a lot of stuff that we're not happy with, and I know many people are not. You know, you got people on one side that are fearful about what's going on. You got people on the other side just uh, mad as a hornet, you know, all upset about everything. And, and really, to be honest, that's all fine, you know, to get a little upset or it's, you know, to maybe be, have some concern about some things. Uh, we, we get all that, but the bottom line is it's a call for action. It's a call to arms in a sense, a call to prayer. Amen. We need to rise up. Amen. Be men and women of God. Amen. Taking our part, doing our, uh, doing what we're called to do. Amen. Uh, in a, in a sense, you know, just, you know, doing, uh, bringing our, what we have to the table, so to speak, instead of just standing back and, and watching everything go down and whether you like it or you don't like it or whether you, it makes you fearful or whether it makes you angry, that's really, to be honest, it's all irrelevant because when it comes down to it, it's about rising up and doing what you're supposed to do as a child of God. And that is seek God, praise God. The scripture says in 2 Chronicles 7, a common verse, of course, but it says this, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. A powerful thing that was said to Solomon, uh, you know, as he was uh, dedicating the temple. And really to you and me, I feel like we're in such a threshold right now in our nation. Now, I know this is a word uh, to primarily... For our church, I mean, we, we had a, a week of prayer uh, that we did the following that week after the word of the Lord came, and we did what we felt the Lord told us to do. So that, that has already passed, but I felt like what she had to say was this, this 
challenge to us to arise, amen, and do our part, amen. And it's not just about a week of prayer. It's about always, every day, rising up, doing your part uh, on your knees, so to speak, amen, doing your part in your time of prayer, praying uh, not only for your households, not only for your church, but praying for, for your communities, praying for your state, praying for your nation, amen. And I know, um, as I said um, earlier, this, you know, it's, it's primarily for what, what we had to say and hear for this congregation, but I believe it's a word for everybody. And I know, in a sense, it's, it's a, a call to prayer for our nation, uh, the United States. I know there's many people right now watching and listening that are from outside the states. I get that. But, but I think if you kind of read between the lines and you take it as a challenge to you, as a call to arms for you, for your own nations, praying for God to, uh, to show himself strong in your nation, uh, in, in, in your locations, whatever it is, in your state, wherever you're at, amen, in your community, your city, praise God. It's about rising up, amen, and doing your part. And I believe Deborah, uh, you know, that's what she was doing. Amen. She prodded uh, those to, to rise up and do what they were called to do. Praise God. And maybe in a sense, my wife, uh, Trudy, uh, maybe kind of that Deborah, you know what I mean? Today, uh, let her uh, uh, tell you what uh, was on her heart and, and share that. Praise God. And I felt in my heart to share that with you. Praise God. Again, it was just something that she, she shared in the time of announcements, but it just kind of turned into this thing, uh, you know, this call to arms, so to speak. So anyway, I've kind of repeated myself multiple times, but I just, I just maybe encourage you, take the time, hear it, praise God, glean from it, amen, let it challenge you uh, to, to rise up, praise God, and do your part as a child of God. And I hope you got something, praise God, amen. I call you blessed. All right, so there's one more thing that I need to talk to you about today. And... um we have been, uh, we have had many, many questions that say to us, what's going on? What's going on in the world today? What's going on, especially in America? We've got um, people quarantined from a sickness, a disease. We've got protests. We've got wildfires. We got all this stuff going on. What's going on? And so, Today, I'm going to do my best by the Spirit just to explain what's going on. The United States of America was founded many, many years ago, about 250 years ago now. And the United States of America was founded by a people that had been persecuted, terrorized, and abused because they wanted to serve God. They wanted to, they wanted to worship God freely. So they founded America, and they wrote what's called the Declaration of Independence. And even though it was a Declaration of Independence from Great Britain, I think more oftenly we need to see it was a Declaration of Dependence upon God. That this Declaration of Independence to be free from another man's control was the same document that made us dependent on an almighty God. And that's the way they intended it to be. They set up our government system. We, they set up our rules, our laws, equality, justice for all. 
And things followed. Our Star Spangled Banner followed. The Pledge of Allegiance followed. All of these things followed to reinforce the intention of America. And as time has gone on, we've seen there's been an assault and attack against that. And we can say they're taking away our freedoms. We can say we don't have liberty like we once did. We can say all kinds of things. We can say there's an attack of socialism against our nation. And uh, we have socialism that is taught in our higher education places. They teach socialism as a proposed ideology of how to make America better. But in light of that, because socialism it has the appearance of equality for all, but with the equality for all, that means every individual doesn't have a choice anymore. You don't have a choice of how you spend your money, how much money you get, what kind of job you have. You're appointed and placed. So that is a bad thing. But I want you to know that socialism is not an attack only against our economic free system. It's not an attack against your freedom of choice and choosing our ability to vote officials in. The most important thing for you to remember about socialism, it's a government system set up that there is no God. That is the most important thing that you must recognize about socialism. When the Iron Curtain fell, we found out there was a whole nation of people that didn't even know there was a God, let alone how to call on his name. And this is a demonic attack because how many of you know the devil forces were present when the Declaration of Independence was drafted? And he saw this nation founded with a declaration of dependence upon God, and he wanted to stop that because he knew and understand, the demonic forces knew and understand with the people adhering to that declaration and establishing that constitution, there will be no stopping to propagating Christianity all around the world, and they will pe pull people out of the kingdom of darkness, out from under the control of the enemy, and into the kingdom of God and his love. And what has gone on has been a 250-year battle for America. And it has accelerated into the days that we're in. And so now we stand in a position in a place where the Spirit of the Lord some time ago, probably two months ago, woke me up in the middle of the night. Now, I am not a anything extraordinary. I am a person like you, available for God. And he woke me up in the middle of the night, and when I sat up in the bed, I was in a war zone. And there was battles all around. And there was um, darkness. And there was people with swords. And there was chaos. And I knew the battle I was in when I sat up was not a battle of the natural. It was a battle of the spiritual. And I sat up in this battle. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, he said, the battle for rulership of the earth is going to be won over the nation of Israel.
And then he went on to say, the battle for Christianity in the earth is going to be fought over America. So I knew what he was talking about is the battles are not necessarily battles where we pull our guns and swords, although there probably is a place for that. But these battles that we are in, we can look in the book of Revelation and see the battle that's going to be fought over the nation of Israel. It's called Armageddon. And we can see that because Israel was founded by God himself to be a nation that would rule and reign the earth. And from that place, all the earth was supposed to be uh, populated with their values and ideals of serving God. So we come to the time of these battles and we look at America and where it's at. And what has happened to America, we can become a Christian nation without Christ. We want the morals, the characteristics, the blessings, the benefits of all the things that a Christian nation has. But we don't give our time, we don't give our energy, and we don't give our thoughts to allowing him to lead us. Jesus wants to lead you in life. He doesn't want to follow you through life. He wants to lead you in life. Jesus wants to lead our nation, not follow our nation through life. And there becomes a deception that because we began correctly, all of our existence is sanctioned by God. And our existence is sanctioned by Almighty God when the people of God continue to live by the declaration of dependence. Hallelujah. So the days we're in, hallelujah, it's like this. We aren't too far gone as a nation. The example of Nineveh should ring in our heart. Nineveh was a nation so corrupt and so distraught that even the cold man of God didn't even want to go there. Come on. And the reason he didn't want to go there is because he realized as bad as they were, God was more merciful. And they were going to repent. And he wanted them to get what they deserved, not the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God is raising up Jonah's right now. He's raising up people right now to bring America back to the declaration of dependence. Amen. So what has happened is we have to shift and move. You know, um, during the time of Noah, it says darkness was all over the place. And a lot of times we think about righteous Noah got delivered. He did, him and his family, three kids, their spouses, his wife and him, eight people got on the ark. And I understand the concern that combat or conduct, let me say it that way, conduct is what kept him off the ark. But I want to I give you a new thought today. I think what kept him on the ark is not knowing the day they were living in. 
Because if they would have known there's a great flood coming, it would have changed their conduct. See, the events are awakenings. The events are stirrings. The events are opportunities to get the ark ready, to get on the ark. Those things are occurrences to change and look. What do we really value? What is really important? And when this coronavirus thing started out, way back in the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me in my prayer time, and he said, this is a labor pain. And he said, the labor pains are going to become more often and more intense. And then the other day when we were praying corporately here on Saturday, he spoke to me, this is like the plagues of Egypt. And what the plagues of Egypt did were they were building blocks to deliver the people of God. They were occurrences and activities to deliver the people of God. So the people of God will get delivered. But we have an opportunity to decide who we're going to take with us. What are we going to take with us? And when the people of God were delivered, they went out with none feeble and completely blessed. And we're going to come out like that. We're going to come out like that. But in the meantime, there's a job for us to do. There's, there's opportunity. And just like in Egypt, the plagues became more intense and more severe. And they got more intense and more severe. Remember, do you remember this? They started out with the magicians could match them. The magicians could do it. Then they moved into ask your God to do something about it. And then they moved into, you're going to have to do it this way if you're going to be covered. And all the plagues up to the last one, the people of God, the children of Israel in the land of Goshen were not experiencing them. But yet, there was a job to be done. And when it came to the last plague, God says, bring whoever you want into your house. Cover it with the blood. Anybody behind the blood is going to be covered. And no harm will come near them. Hallelujah. And we need to understand that from America has been the greatest moves of Christian evangelism all around the world. That is our design and that is our destiny. Hallelujah. And we fight for our personal design and destiny. Are you willing to fight for your nation's design and destiny? Hallelujah. Um, the other day, um, and I shared this with my Saturday prayer group, and the other night, um, because the Spirit of the Lord had laid it on me, that we needed to rise to a new level in the area of prayer for our nation and for the lost. We needed to take a step up 
And, um, you know, uh, we all got things to do. We got all got other things we need to take care of. We all got something else going on. And the other night, again, the spirit of the Lord, I must, I must be more sensitive in the nighttime or something. I don't know. The other night, the spirit of the Lord woke me up and he said, ask me, will you do this prayer week? And I, you know, I went, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean. And uh, he'd given me the outline of it. You do it from 10 o'clock till six o'clock, Monday through Friday. And he'd given me that. And I had all kinds of reasons and excuses. And um, he said, if it was life or death to your nation, would you do it? Now, this is, and this is me, okay? And I said, Lord, there's so many people that are praying for America. It's been in the news. I mean, we've got mega ministries. We've got great things, uh, great other ministries that are doing it. He said, would you do it? And that's what, what I told him. He said to me, he said, the life or death of Oregon is dependent on whether you not or you do it. And I went into again. You know, there's other people. I see other churches doing rallies at the at the Capitol building and, uh, you know, all these kind of things. And I know of other people that are more gifted in intercession and, you know, their whole congregation is in prayer. They hold a prayer meeting and 40 people come out. I, I can see there's other places, there's other churches in our state that are more effective. And he said to me, if it's life and death to the Redmond community, Will you do it? And I said, well, you know, we do kind of, we, we pray for Redmond. We do that, you know. We're on the front lines. I know that. We kind of do that already. Looking for a way to get out of this. He said, if it's life or death to your church, people, will you do it? Now we're talking some seriousness here. And um, I started thinking of you all. And um, then I, and, and it hurt, but at the same time, I knew I'd be okay. And then he said this to me, if it meant life or death for your family, would you do it? I said, yes, Lord. And he said to me, it's all of those. And it's not about whether or not You can change it all by yourself. The problem is we've not made our nation personal to us. We've not made it personal. See, when it got more personal, it got more real, and I got more energized. And that's all he was trying to show me. You've not made what's happened. And you can go and fly a flag and raise a stick to be a protest, and you aren't going to do a stitch of good till you hit your knees. Not one bit of good. They can blow holes in your sign. They can burn your flag, but they can't stop your intercession. And we haven't made it personal. Whether or not this nation stands is determined if the church of God will take it as a personal agenda to do something about it. And the battle ain't won in the natural. The battle is won in the spirit. And we're embracing and we're feeling 
threatened because we don't get to watch our Saturday football game. We don't get to go outside and do things without a mask. We don't get to put our kids in a school system and let them be there for the day. We don't get to do all those things. Do you know why? Because the enemy is on the offense trying to take this nation down. It has nothing to do with coronavirus. That was just his method. It has nothing to do with protests. That's just his method. It has nothing to do with wildfires. That's just his method. But when are we going to say enough methods of the kingdom of darkness? We're the church and we own this nation. In the last moment when I was speaking to the Lord, he said this. He said, you hate the welfare system of America. where." One has to pay for another. And in in a welfare system, we want somebody else to pay. But he said to me, in the church, you have a welfare system. You want somebody else to pray. Want somebody else to pray. I'm going to tell you something right now. To each and every individual here, there's nobody else that can do your prayer for America. Not another soul that can do your, and if you think you're just going to hitch along while Pastor Trudy or her prayer teams or Judy or Kathy do all the praying, it's not going to work. And we've given ourselves to live in life that's good because of what our founding fathers and somebody else has done on, on behalf of this nation as a Christian nation. But it's time. It's time. Now, I didn't know any of this when this information came to me. All I knew was the Spirit of the Lord asked me to make sure that I was here from 10 to 6, Monday through Friday this week, praying for a nation. Praying for a nation. It's hot in the Spirit right now, guys. It's hot. Prophetically, people have even said that November 3rd is the beginning of our next civil war. Now, when you look at our first civil war, you need to know this. A great awakening happened after it. I want to tell you, we're going to pray for a great awakening to happen before this. Before this. Because as long as we've been warned, we have time to make it different. Amen? And this information that came to me is this coming week is something pivotal on the biblical calendar. I didn't know this. And um, the biblical calendar, starting last Friday, I believe it was, started a 10 days of awe and repentance on the biblical calendar. It's called begins with the Feast of Trumpets. And it starts a 10-day of awe and repentance. And it ends with the Day of Atonement. Hallelujah. This is the time period given on the ancient calendar for prayer and repentance returning to God. 
I didn't know that when he was asking me to pray this week, have these special prayer meetings. Hallelujah. And at the end of these days is the Jewish feast day when they recognized when God would pass judgment on nations. The 10 days before it, that's why they have the 10 days of awe and repentance. If God's going to pass judgment on you, you want to spend some time repenting before he does. But see, we've been far from repentance. We've been far from understanding what we need to be and who we need to be. Hallelujah. So with that said then, there's a number of ministries that are going to be rallying in Washington, D.C. We're blessed. Um, We've got people even going to be going there. And it's on the 26th of September next Saturday, and it's called The Return. And Franklin Graham's ministry is there. There's other ministries there. And they're marching in Washington, D.C. And I just want to know this. Are we going to pray before they march so the march is effective? Are we going to pray before we march so the march is effective? The one thing about God is nothing's ever too gone for him to redeem. Here we are. All of us can felt like we were gone too far. And we have an opportunity. But where are we? Are you in a welfare mentality that somebody else can pray? Or are you willing to make an adjustment and a difference and be a part of those counted to revive this nation and to put it back in position of its divine and design? Because we all rally, we support it. Yahoo, we can hoop, we can holler. But are you going to do anything? But are we going to do anything? We are in the days of awe and repentance. So let's be in awe of God and repent. Let's pray. Because your aggressive nature or your passive nature is effective in the prayer closet. Amen? So with that said, that was a long announcement, wasn't it? With that being said, we're going to be down here this Monday through Friday from 10 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the afternoon, 8 hours, or 6 o'clock in the evening, I guess it would be. It's 8 hours a day to pray, to seek the hand of God, the face of God for the nation of God. We don't want to lose our place as the people that contain and emanate Christianity around the world. And we aren't going to become a nation that has wreaked havoc by civil war and unrest. God can, like that, silence the enemies. But the one thing to remember is what the Word of God tells us. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a nation pleases the Lord, 
God makes even that nation's enemies to be at peace with them. We see that scripturally. Hallelujah. So I just encourage you, do your part. Take your place. And don't think somebody else can pray better. You have to know this. As a, as a, as a prayer, we fill up. We fill up a container. We keep filling up a container. We keep filling up a container. And maybe somebody has filled it this far. Every drop adds to it. And the idea of intercessions is to get it to run over. Because once there's a running over, then there's an effective change. And how do you know that your one drop isn't the one thing that makes it run over? Interesting thing about intercessions, one drop will make it run over. But when it runs over, it doesn't run over just one drop. So, it, But it only takes one drop to make it run over. But once it starts running over, it continually runs over. Hallelujah. So maybe you think, well, I'm just a drip of a prayer. That might be all we need. Amen. That might be all we need. So if you would, bow your heads with me to pray today. Father, we're grateful for this nation. Oh, we are so thankful that we are the United States of America, that it was founded on your principles. It was founded to be a nation dependent on you in every system, that our educational system, our economic system, our government system, our health care system, our entertainment system, every sy symptom of every system was to be governed and guided by you. So, Father, we step into this week in an attitude of repentance and not governing those systems, not keeping them in the control of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I ask that you move upon our hearts. Move upon our lives, energize us and equip us to be effective intercessors for the redemption of our nation. We call it to you, Father. We thank you for your mercy through the blood of the Lamb. And we ask you, Father, for your outpouring, your awakening. Save us from the days that they have predicted. Save us. From the days of the chaos, help us to be strong and loud in the spirit of the Almighty. For that, I give you praise and I give you thanksgiving. I'm thankful for this people. I'm thankful for Word of Victory Church. I'm thankful that they're stirred to honor you, not only with their possessions, but with their time and their energies. Father, that we desire to be led by you in life, not have you follow us through life. So, Father, with that, I thank you for an excitement and an enthusiasm reaching every heart that with God all things are possible, that with God anything can be accomplished, with God everyone is valuable. With God, all prayers count. So, Father, I am thankful 
that you have given us warning before it's too late. You have given us leading before it's too late. And you have given us opportunity before it's too late. So by your hand, stir us and stretch us to be effective. As we found out, we are overcomers. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We have been chosen. We have been selected by you for this very purpose. For this reason. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, when they went back to build, uh, Nehemiah went back to build, they put a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. What they, that was the first multitasking extravaganza that we've ever seen. So I'm believing this week for all of you to be multitasking ability people. Keep your heart stirred in the spirit for this nation. Keep doing what God has asked you to do naturally. Because you know what? We're going to be delivered. We're going to be delivered. But see, that's personal. We're talking about a nation. Make it personal. If the wrong person gets in Washington, D.C., make it personal. Make it personal. By the way, you've got only a few more days to get registered to vote. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.